Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of Carry On With Carrie podcast. Today, I am happy to introduce Michelle Bateman to the show. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Good. Thanks Thank for you. having me. No, thank you for being here. Um, Michelle went from being an overwhelmed single mom to CEO, international speaker, author, facilitator, and the founder of Soul Journey. Yes. It's exciting. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I would never have imagined eight years ago somebody would say this would be what you're doing with your life. I would have laughed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here I am. And here you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so can you give us a little bit of background as to... Um, what brought you into this place at this time and what what some of your background is. (laughs) So my story started, we'll go all the way back to getting married and having kids and going through divorce when I was three months pregnant with a three-year-old. Right. And that rocked my world. And, you know, what I realized on the other side of that was I was happier alone than dealing with the chaos, the abuse, the trauma, all of that that I was enduring in my marriage. And so I thought, I'm going to try this marriage thing again. I'm going to do it one more time. And uh, that time was almost as worse as the first time. And so from literally the day we got married, he became a different person. He was doing drugs and it was just not a great situation. But I had two young kids. Um, I had sold my home. And so I felt like I was trapped and stuck. And so I just stayed and lived separate lives and it got to the point where I just resigned that I'd never be happy again Mm -hmm. and that was just going to be my life I was going to have this shitty life and it was never what I hoped and dreamed it would be but that was never going to be my reality and I remember one day in my room just thinking if I could smother him with a pillow it would just all go away right and I didn't (laughs) but it was a huge wake-up call it scared me because I was always this loving kind outgoing person and I didn't know who I was anymore Mm -hmm. and so that was kind of my catalyst to go something needs to change and at the time I had a friend and his name was Rob and he was dying of ALS okay and he was fully paralyzed in his body he could blink at a computer screen and that was it he couldn't eat he couldn't speak he couldn't move and he was happier dying than I was living mm-hmm. and I was like oh yes <laughs> if he can figure out how to be happy dying I should be able to figure this out mm-hmm. and so just learning from him and going on my own personal journey that was my search to find out what do I need to do to be happy because I wasn't happy right and the people around me knew how I wasn't happy and it was hard to be around me and so in doing that I realized everything changed And I was like, why don't they teach us this in school? If I'd only known this sooner, I wouldn't have struggled for so long. And so when I I changed everything, I left my marriage, I moved out, I got the job of my dreams. A year later, I bought my own house and everything changed. And I thought, I need to share this with other women so that they don't feel stuck and hopeless in a situation and just living this angry, unhappy life when Mm -hmm. they could find all the joy and happiness and and love that they've been longing for. But it starts from within. We always think, I need to find, you know, a better job, a better partner, better kids. And it all starts with what's within. Mm -hmm. And when you change that, you change everything. Right. Wow. Yeah. So what would you say? So how long was that time that you were struggling? Would you say, how did you get... Um, from how long were you married 
the first time to the second time to it being like how long do you think it took you to get to that point where you realized <laughs> you know what I mean I'm a little bit of a slow learner yeah me too um, so yeah it took a while yeah. um so my first marriage I think we were together for about 11 years and my mm-hmm. second I was we were married for eight and right. I don't know how I tolerated eight years in silence and living on different floors and just doing our own thing Mm -hmm. um but within doing the work within a year i had everything that i had written down in my journal right i wanted peace i wanted a home i wanted a job i wanted all of those things and within a year i had them all i crossed everything off my list wow yeah the reason i asked you that too is because i think it's so good to it's relatable to other women and maybe other men as well to know that it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't happen overnight where you think, okay, what am I worth? You know, what, what do I deserve? And you know what's interesting? It's when those repeating patterns happen mm-hmm. and you're like, same person, different, or same experience, different, different. person, yep. same experience, different persons. And I was like, after about three or four times, I was like, I wonder, I wonder if this has anything to do with yeah. me. What's the one common well, denominator? Right? Yes. And yeah. so it was that constant having to go through the same experience over and over again I finally got tired and said I need to do something different this isn't working for me right sounds like we we have similar uh, pasts <laughs> so, I think a lot of us are like you know we got hit in the head quite a few times before we paid attention yes. now I'm like I'm paying attention I'm yes. on it you're there and you, yeah. you see those things that come up and people say red flags but it can be all sorts of different things and there were so many red flags and there was so much abuse mm-hmm. and I often look back to go, I didn't come from an abusive childhood. My, my dad wasn't like that. My mom wasn't like that. But what I saw was I was just constantly seeking that love. Mm-hmm. And although I knew it was wrong, I didn't know how to leave. I didn't know how to stand up for myself. I mm-hmm. didn't know how to walk away and know that I could have something better. Right. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of women get stuck mm-hmm. is that we don't know how to leave and we feel trapped if we have, you know, kids and we're dependent financially on someone else too. And I never thought I was like, Are oh, we gonna we're gonna live in a trailer? Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, how am I gonna afford to do this? Right. And I had more money and more abundance after leaving as a single mom than I did when I was married. Right. Because energetically, everything changed. Right. You had that, your cup was full just with yourself. And do you find, okay, so you mentioned the journaling aspect that you had within a year because you looked back at all those journaling, all the journaling. And so what was some of the advice? What was probably one of the most shocking things that you remember? Like, can you think back on what? Oh, yeah. It's everything that I teach now. Yes. (laughs) Because it was what made the biggest difference for me. It's just understanding when I went to training is the stories that we make up. Mm -hmm. So it's not about the experience that causes us pain. It's what we make that experience mean and the story that we tell ourselves about it. Either about the other person, about us, about our worth, about our value. It's the story that creates the struggle. So Mm -hmm. if we can change the story and have a different perspective on the experience it will minimize the struggling. So I was asking myself really shitty questions, really focusing on what was bad and wrong all the time in my life instead Mm -hmm. of looking for what was good and beautiful. And so when I began to change that inner dialogue, the thoughts, the beliefs, which changed my words, which changed my my whole reality. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, I, I, that's something for myself over this last year so that I, you finally, I've said this before on here and my mom always has said, 
self-love care you have to love yourself first and I like how does that happen how do I do that and um, so all these little things and and the realizations um, you know I listen to other women and hear their stories and how they've come through it and the support of other women as well so I think that that's you said you're a supporter for women um, what did you call what do you call them my soul tribe soul tribe yeah soulpreneurs Oh yes, and we have soulpreneurs, the soulful entrepreneurs, and mm-hmm. then you know the soul tribe. So whether you have business or not, but coming from that place of soul and heart-centered, and you know living your purpose and knowing that there's more meaning to life than just you know what we see on the outside. Right. Um, and what would you say? Um, okay, so you you landed into this. How did you get yourself, how did you propel yourself forward? Yes, you, you went through and you found all the stuff, but this is why this is happening. And what steps did you take, though, during that time to get to that spot? Did you do a lot of just self-reflection? Or was it as well, did you do therapies? Did you do... Oh, I did all of things. Mm-hmm. All <laughs> the every, things, yeah. Every podcast, every book, every YouTube. Wayne Dyer and I got ready mm. every morning together. So did, <laughs> same with me. <laughs> I, I said one time in a workshop, I said, yeah, I would shower every morning with Wayne Dyer. Yeah. And everybody laughed and I'm like, oh, that's not what I meant. But it was really mm-hmm. quite funny. But I did literally in the shower, getting ready, driving to work, getting groceries. I just had something on every moment, especially when that, that voice in my head would start to get really loud and I would go down those rabbit holes of all the negative thinking I would put something on that would help me course correct Mm -hmm. what I was thinking what I was believing I read a lot of books I went to different healers I went to workshops Um, I just consumed everything it was almost like an addiction Mm -hmm. once I got into it it was so amazing and so fulfilling I just could not get enough right and it was ironic because I was working um that job that I got was at a medical spa and it was an awesome experience. And before I got the job, I was sitting working with a healer in my car because my ex was still in the house and I needed privacy. So I'm having this session in my car, I'm crying, I'm doing all the things. And I was like, I really wanna get back into personal development. I miss that, I used to do that in my early 20s and then life happened. And so when I landed this job, she was all about personal development, spirituality, crystals, energy, all of the things. And I was like, perfect. This is exactly where I need to be. And so she was teaching me a lot of the things that I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting just setting that intention, how it changed the trajectory and the trainings that I got to go to. And I remember one day coming and there was a Chinese medicine doctor and I said, I just can't stop reading. It's like an addiction. And he looked at me and he said, it's because you're meant to do something more than what you're doing right now. Right. And that was that first little seed that was planted of, oh, maybe. Because mm-hmm. I never really thought of doing anything other than just for me. Mm-hmm. And then just seeing that, you know what, maybe I could. But then I had that story, I'm a single mom, I've got a mortgage, i got teenage daughters, they shop at Sephora. Like, I can't be self-employed. Who's going to do that? Yeah. I liked same, same. I liked on the 15th and the 30th, it was the same amount in my bank account all the time and I could count on it. So the, the, the idea to be an entrepreneur like scared the living crap out of me. Yeah, for sure. And the universe was like, well, <laughs> we have a different plan for mm-hmm. you. And mm-hmm. so we had a... Uh, management change in my job and I ended up losing my job okay and I was like that's okay the universe has another job I'm not gonna panic I'm not gonna worry Mm -hmm. and then there was nothing crickets 
Right. And I was like senior management in marketing, all the things, and I could not find a job. And I was like, I think the universe is telling me that I'm not supposed to find a job. Yeah. So it was five days before Christmas, and I got tickets to go see Tony Robbins in Calgary. And I knew I had to be there. So Mm -hmm. we like white knuckled it down through this blizzard snowstorm. And we get in there, and we run, and we get our seats at the, the front of the row. And he's walking in front of us, larger than life. And I've seen him multiple times, but I've never heard him say... He said, stop making excuses why you can't do what you want to do most in the world. Draw the line right here, right now, and decide. And I was like, okay, I decide. I'm going to do the thing. And then I was like, I wanted to throw up and drink and lay down. (laughs) All of it. All of it. So many feelings, so many things. Right. And so I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to find a coach. I need to find somebody to teach me how to do this Mm because I had no idea what I was doing. And I had to do it, and I had to make it work fast. Mm -hmm so that I could provide for my daughters. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. Right. Well, and there's nothing more um, I find with, for especially being a single mom, that's what motivates you. That's what what gets you to that next step and why you try the next thing and right. and whatever you can do to make that home and that, especially I, I have sons, which I, I want to give them confidence as well, but you said you have a daughter? Two daughters. Two daughters. So yeah. as a mom to two daughters, like, the importance of showing that confidence as a woman and that you you can come back and yeah right and i knew it was ironic the things we won't do for ourselves that we mm-hmm. will do for our kids and i left more for my kids than i did for me because i didn't want them to see that that was normal mm-hmm. i knew that that wasn't love that that wasn't healthy and i didn't want them in that environment more so than i didn't want me in it and so i see now where i was putting them before myself but it was the catalyst that i needed to change and you talked about self-love and i was just going to say you know it's such this concept that you said like how do you do that what does that actually mean Mm -hmm. and i thought well i like myself i think i'm a good person but what i really came to understand was like when you think in your heart if you close your eyes for a moment and you think of who do you love the most and Mm -hmm. what does that feel like in your body and now turn that love on yourself Mm-hmm. Do you love yourself that much? Right. Like you do the other people in your life. And chances are you don't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, it's really awkward to do that exercise because we've never felt that deep of love for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was my big challenge for so long. And with going inside of yourself, meditation, um, going into different modalities other than traditional therapies, um, which we kind of talked about a little bit before we started recording. Um, you are, you have a show coming up, a, a, sorry, a workshop, I guess you would call it. Um, and you'll be having a whole bunch of different, um, people coming in with different modalities and yeah. Cause what I found with my own experience too, is you can talk about it till you're purple mm-hmm. and it doesn't really change anything. Right. Right. You don't get those tangible tools. You're not really getting to the root cause. And in the training that I have with NLP and a few other things, it's like, what is the root cause? Mm-hmm. Where's the, where did that trauma, where did that belief get embedded? Mm-hmm. And talking about it isn't going to get to the root. It's like going out to the garden and mowing over the weeds. They're still there. Yes. You can't see them right now, but they're still there. So we have to look at the root cause of what's creating our suffering, what's creating that, you know, shitty chatter in our heads Mm -hmm. to reprogram that at the root. And that's where those kind of changes can happen on a really deep level. So we created an event called Expanded Wellness Weekend Mm -hmm. where we wanted to bring all different kinds of modalities that people wouldn't have never thought to experience that have really profound results and they can get 
results quickly, a lot quicker than the typical, you know, here, take this drug, take this, you know, antidepressant, take this anxiety meds, but mm-hmm. it doesn't change what's going on inside of you. Exactly. Yeah. And so kind of trying to get to the root through different modalities and finding what works for you. So we're going to be doing that uh, just outside of Edmonton in October 21st, 22nd. Okay. In the most beautiful event barn that you could ever imagine. And nice. we're bringing in 12 different speakers that'll be speaking uh, over the two days on all different types of modalities. Mm-hmm. And we'll be doing exercises and practices and meeting like-minded men and women. So it's going to be a pretty awesome experience. Um, and that's why I brought that up about different modalities, because that's what it took for me. And, and that's to get to spread the uh, word and the awareness that if you're struggling how to figure out how to have self-love and where to begin, I, for me, that's, that's where that journey began. And actually it was we were uh, about 2017, 18, maybe is when I went to a workshop and it was yours. And yeah. it, I just saw it, I think it probably on Facebook. Probably. And I took myself there and I was blown away. And it, even just by the community of, of women that were there. And that was my first experience with it. Now, maybe I wasn't quite ready for it at that time, but it did. Like you said, it planted a seed in my mind mm-hmm. so that when I got to that place of I'm ready for this now, it was there and I kind of had a little tiny window opening up that I know where I could could go do this so yeah yeah it's really important work and uh we just really need to be able to have that those other experiences because most of my clients say like I learned more in a weekend than I did in 15 years of Mm -hmm. therapy yep and it's really sad to think of how much time and money and suffering that people are still struggling and not getting results when there's so many other options that can get results and get them quickly, mm-hmm. but they're just not known or they're not recognized and given the credibility for, you know, I know people that can really do some amazing things and shift things really quickly, mm-hmm. that it's really powerful, but you know, it's often with a bit of a negative connotation until you really know and understand what it's all about. Right. And like you said, it's kind of, you keep going over the past, the past, the past, how do you get to the future? And not to say that there are some things that work, you know, it might work for one person that doesn't for another. Yes. Or Um, it might be in combination. In combination, yes. You try a few different things and, you know, you try different prescriptions. You might as well try a different blend of (laughs) Right. And just be Mm open-minded. Being open-minded to what could be possible. Right. Yeah. Now you brought up the um, uh, plant medicine. So what, that's something that's going to be there that weekend. How does that... Yeah, so <laughs> I know. So we actually did our first uh, plant medicine journey mm-hmm. in the. It's coming up a year now that we did it. Okay. Because we know that it can really get to the root of you know trauma and experiences, and we Travis and I were both struggling with you know some things from our past. So we're like, hey, let's let's go try this. Mm-hmm. And he came out of his, and his eyeballs were like saucers, and he's like, oh my god, babe. You, you're just not even going to know what's possible. Like when they say we use a percentage of our mind, he's not kidding. Right. He said, I saw colors and things that I've never experienced in my lifetime. Like he had just the most profound 
experience and he's like all for it now and they talk about the benefit of microdosing instead of you know anxiety or ADHD meds or depression there's lots of clinical research and uh, my girlfriend actually works with people that are terminal Mm -hmm. and they do these psilocybin journeys to help them come to terms with the end of their life and it's so profound the peace that people can come to when they journey and you know they say just trust the medicine the medicine knows what you need to work through Mm -hmm. and it helps you do that and so I shifted in a week felt like months where things just shifted and changed and moved and it was really profound so Jeremy's going to be talking about just the different different I don't even know options yeah the different options and what that looks like and you know definitely it's not recreational it's not for fun Mm -hmm. it is a therapeutic modality done in a very supervised way to help you deal with you know trauma and I believe everybody has trauma whether it's big t trauma little t trauma we all have something Mm mm-hmm and you know i grew up with that white picket fence childhood but i still have things where i was that over emotional child that nobody really knew how to handle and so i was always kind of shut down i was feeling like too much which made me feel like not enough and i see how that transferred into my life and i still see that showing up today right yeah well and i think it's important that you mentioned the controlled um use of the substance but I, what I find, okay, the, is it goop? Um, Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. has the goop. And I, I know that they showed that. But it, you always wonder, well, where can I, can I get this kind of therapy close to home? Um, so that's where, you know, you, I'm starting to hear more and more um, mm-hmm. about this myself. And um, the fact that you can come out of a depression and it just, like I said, he said it just opened his mind into a different place, like yeah. completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. To and me. I'm like anti-drug. I have mm-hmm. never done drugs. I'm against drugs. It's yeah. not my thing at all. Right. So I was like, nope, I don't Ske- want to it- do Yeah, I was very skeptical. Yeah. But when I, you know, trusted the person that I was with, she's a girlfriend. I highly respect her. She's a nurse. She does this in her job. Mm-hmm. Um and just opening my mind to the possibilities that it wasn't like, let's go get, you know, stoned and have fun and be silly and stupid. It's not like that at right. all. So to know that, you know, if that's not your thing, it's it's different. It's completely right. different. It's and it's a level of trust you can have. It's it's a healthcare professional, so to speak. Yeah, really. I'd rather do that than go on any kind of pharmaceutical medicine, medication. Right. right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so... Can you tell us a little bit more about the coaching side of, of your um, job and what you do with, not, I, I don't even want to call it a job because it sounds to me like a little bit of a dream. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I get yeah. to work with the most amazing women and sometimes men mm-hmm. and um, just really seeing them shift and move and the realizations that they get and how powerful those shifts can be in the trajectory of, of them moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I started out life coaching with women, helping them you know, work through that mindset, the confidence, the self-love so that they could show up for themselves. And as I began to do that, women were either coming to me with a business that they weren't fully showing up in, or now that they've got this confidence, they're like, I've had this thing I've always wanted to do, and now I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I've got a marketing background. I've invested all of this money in my own coaching to start my own business. I can teach them what I did to start my own business. So then I started doing the mindset coaching and the business coaching. 
And I had so many clients in a day that I was just repeating the same thing <laughs> over and okay. over. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. Why don't we do it as a group? And I can tell everybody at the same time. Mm -hmm. What I underestimated was the beauty of the group and the community and the support that they have with one another. Mm -hmm. And they love each other and they support each other. And there hasn't been a group that hasn't, you know, had tears and breakdowns where we talk about, where they talk about the deepest fears. I don't feel like I'm enough. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I can really do this. My imposter syndrome is really showing up and what do I need to? And just having that rally of, of women and men that say, I believe in you and we've got you and it's safe to go into all of that. Mm -hmm. And what can shift and change from that is super powerful. So helping them just really create the solid foundation of their business so that they can communicate to the world what it is is their soul calling and how can they help and how can they make it a business that they can pay their bills and do what they love all at the same time. Right. And having the backup, you said it perfectly, like having the backup of a community mm -hmm. is so important. And yep. when you're on that same journey, kind of the same path, right? You're all, you've got that same drive to, to do more with what you love doing. Yeah. So you're surrounded by people that believe in your dreams. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the girls came to the call a couple of days ago and was struggling with somebody in her family that was like, I don't really think this is going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And you could see that it was a lot for her. And I was like, okay, let's, let's talk this through. And there was some tears but knowing that it was just a safe space to say that, and it wasn't gonna be like, oh, that person's such a jerk, you need to never talk to, like, mm -hmm. it's not that. We all understand from coaches and practitioners and the, all the personal growth that everyone in the group has done, mm -hmm. we, we understand what's underneath all of that. Right. So you can support in a different way. And would you say coaching in is more kind of looking at goal setting for the future instead of staying stuck in, in the past? Like it kind of, how would you define your coaching style, I guess, too? Well, you have to do both. You mm -hmm. have to look at what is creating the conflict. Mm -hmm. So, okay. you know, what is it that you're struggling with? And then where is that originating? So we have to go back to the root, clear it, heal it, give you some new languaging, new beliefs to move forward. Because if we don't clear that, you can goal set all you want. You're mm -hmm. going to sabotage. You're going to procrastinate. You're going to get off track until we heal what's getting in the way. So right. once we do that, everything opens up. And now they are excited about possibilities. They're willing to move forward. So it's very much on a soul level of you know, trusting that everything in your journey happened for a reason. And so how can you use it for you instead of being stuck in that victim mentality that it happened to you, that it happened for you. Right. And if you can believe that and take whatever the lesson was from it and move forward and, you know, pay it back into the world in whatever form that looks like for you, mm -hmm. it's easier to navigate those harder things when you know that there's purpose and there's lessons and there can be learning and healing and growth from all of it. Right. So with, um, with the coaching, so do you find a lot of women get it started in, say, they want to expand business or just get into something that they love doing that way, but then they get overwhelmed by all of the things that come because <laughs> there's all the things that come and you expect to get it right the first time and then it doesn't. And you know what I mean? Yeah, we talked about that today. I'm just, yeah. I remember my coach said to me, Starting a business will be your biggest personal growth journey ever because mm -hmm. all your fears, all your doubts, and all your insecurities will now be right in front of you to look at. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. Who am I to do this? What if people judge me? You know, one of the girls was like, well, I don't know if I want to put my name on my business page because then what if I share something on my personal page that people don't like? And I'm like, who cares? 
Yeah. You're not here to please people. You're here to be authentically who you are. And if you want to be an edgier, kick your butt kind of coach, then be that. You don't have to be all rainbows and unicorns all the time. And she's like, oh, Michelle, that changes everything. Yeah. Like, be you, be unapologetically you. And we're all different. But it's always that mindset stuff that comes up every single week. So to know that you're in a group and you're not alone, that everyone's, you know, having those blocks and those walls that they hit at different times, Mm -hmm. then you don't feel alone. Right. If if you were by yourself, you'd be like, why am I the only one struggling? Right. Everyone else out there seems to be like figuring it out and showing up and being confident and all the things. Mm -hmm. But underneath. Underneath are they? We are. It's like Facebook. Right. You think everybody's doing so good and then you really look deep. You have to be right? honest. You, you have, have to be to. honest about the good and the bad. Yeah. Because I don't believe in pretending to be perfect all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get complimented a lot about just being vulnerable and honest and real. That if I'm struggling, I'll tell. I won't share my dirty laundry. I'm not going to, you know, throw my family under the bus. But no. I will be honest that, you know what, I'm having a hard time right now. And I've got to do my own inner work and take a break and take mm-hmm. a pause. And i got to breathe. And reminding myself of the lessons as much as helping everybody else. Right. I learn from what I'm going through. So would you say you just mentioned taking a break and refocusing and all that? So that's something I've been doing. I have another side gig kind of. And, you know, it's that feeling of you have to keep it up. You have to keep going. The momentum, you're going to lose the momentum and you're going to lose followers or you're going to, you know, it's just ridiculous. But I've realized finally that, no, it's okay. It's okay to take a break. And what is your what is your thoughts if somebody comes to you and says, you know, I need, like, I feel overwhelmed. I need to, like, figure my life out before I keep this up. You have to listen. Okay. And I did it. I took a break. I've taken multiple breaks over the last couple of years. Yeah. I would say the last couple of years are the hardest I've probably ever been through. Right. With things in my life, with things in our families, and uh, it rocked me to my core. I'm not going to lie. And I have all the tools as a coach surrounded by a community, and it was still really hard for me. So I can imagine when people don't have the tools mm-hmm. and don't have the community, how hard it is. Yeah. But what I know to be true is when you don't listen, it will take you out one way or the other. So yeah. you can either rest voluntarily mm-hmm. or you can get taken out. And I have yeah. seen clients who heard the message, didn't listen, they broke a leg, they got a car accident. You know, something happened that make them made them rest. So yeah. either you go voluntarily or, or involuntarily. <laughs> yes. So I go voluntarily because I know it's an easier route to go. Yeah. And I remember one morning getting coffee and I was just like, oh, I just, I don't, feel like doing this right now everything's really slow in my business why is everything so slow and instantly I heard because you need to take a break Mm -hmm. and I went no I don't and the voice went yes you do and I went okay fine Mm -hmm. we're gonna take a break yeah because I know better right because we do all have that inner voice and we all we do we just are so easy at put it like we put it behind us and we nope. and when we stay busy we don't we don't we're not connected to ourselves we can't listen so i'm very in tune with myself and that voice and Mm -hmm. i listen all the time and it might not be convenient it might not be popular it might not be easy Mm -hmm. but i know at the core of my being i have to honor myself first before i can honor and serve anybody else right and now do you would you say that in those times do you think that there's little clues like yeah you can listen to your inner voice or not but would you say your family maybe notices traits in you that 
they didn't see in you when you were really happy and motivated. Oh, for sure. You know, when you go back to those same old behaviors mm -hmm. that, you know, you said you've done tons of work with coaching and everything, but you can still go back to that oh, as a default. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I notice when that negative voice mm -hmm. is getting louder in my head yeah. that I need to journal, I need to get back to my gratitude practice, I need to get back to the things that got me on the path. And for a while, with everything that happened in... In the world and societies and with families you know it took us out of that practice and that gratitude and that joy mm -hmm. and it it was intentional to to recommit to those practices because we saw how it made a difference in how we showed up and how we felt mm -hmm. so it, when you because i was actually going to ask that but you a couple of years ago <laughs> I, we don't even want none of us even want to think about it did it happen yeah um but you know we all came out of that in a, we're still in shock I think and um, but the thing that I'm finding amazing now is just how um, close communities are getting and that um, the connection that people need but we're kind of getting out of that now have you noticed and it's it's almost like we're trying it's like we got too comfortable being together again and now it's like okay well that's not normal we shouldn't be we need to start I yeah. don't know if you know what I'm talking yeah, about, but I've just talking. noticed that recently. There's been a small shift again. So. Yeah, but I think so many people are like, no, we're not going back. Mm -hmm. We're not going back. And the beautiful thing that I saw from all of this that shall not be named. <laughs> yes, I know. I don't even want to say. Is that yeah. people got back to grassroots, right. planting gardens, eating more holistically and organically and stuff. And I was never big on that. But when I learned the things that I learned, I was like, okay. I want to be in control of, of what I'm consuming, what is on it. I want to know that I can feed myself mm -hmm. when the world goes sideways. Yes. And so we started gardening for the first time. And I remember the first little baby cucumber that I saw growing. Travis is like, it's like we made a human. I was like, oh my God, honey, look at we grew. <laughs> I know, such pride. <laughs> he's like, he's gardened his whole life. So he was just laughing at me. But I was just so proud that, you know, I grew a cucumber. Yeah, yeah. And so we have this huge garden now. and. You know, we can share with other people mm -hmm. and be in community and yeah, it's just getting back to what we lost along the way. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, that's grounding in itself mm -hmm. that um, just being outside and being part of mother nature and yeah. um, seeing growth. Yeah. Right. And I think so many people are like, I just want to live off grid in a, you know, a community of people and have my garden and do my thing. Mm -hmm. So I see so much of that going back to grassroots and, and family and connection. And mm -hmm. when you've lost that, it's now even more important. And right. so sadly, our families were huge collateral da damage in this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so now it's just kind of us in the world and creating our own soul family that we get to pick intentionally. And so it's still hard at some times, but it's really beautiful mm -hmm. on, on other times. Well, and now you've taught your daughters that. They mm -hmm. see that. Yeah. Right? They're still young enough that they kind of still roll their eyes at me. Yet. Of course. Like, but that's oh, just normal. Mom. Yeah. But, you know, when I'm having a bad day, they'll give me the same advice I would give them. So yep. I know they're listening. They're just not necessarily willing to admit it yet. That's right. And it will come. That'll be something that comes with time. And I've noticed that with my son. He's very good. He's actually very, uh, he's 21. And the advice that he has for me yeah it's pretty amazing so they do they do listen yeah and my youngest yeah. is 21 too so okay yeah yeah so you you know we're the same <laughs> i know same, right same same, same. <laughs> just kidding um um so okay you mentioned gratitude practice yeah 
what would you say is something that um, that brings you joy in your gratitude practice? What did what feeds you in that? It's more than just you know anybody can spew off the things that they're grateful for, but mm-hmm. they actually feel the gratitude, right? It's more than just the intellectual part of gratitude. Just like self-love isn't intellectual. It doesn't happen in your head. It happens in your heart. Mm-hmm. So feeling that gratitude, looking for all the little things that are beautiful in life that we get so busy that we don't even notice mm-hmm. and just taking joy and wonder in all the small things that that's where all the joy is. And so I used to wake up every morning before my eyes would even open, I would have a gratitude list going in my mind. Okay. And when everything happened, I got away from that. And so now I have to retrain my mind to do that automatically. Mm-hmm. And so just getting back into that practice in the morning of waking up, I'm grateful that I woke up. One lady's like, you got to be grateful to go to the bathroom. And I was like, and she said, your body's actually cleansing all the toxins uh-huh. from the day and the night before. So that first time you go to the bathroom is actually, you know, really to be grateful of everything that's being expelled out of your system. Right. Okay. And I was like, oh, I, of it. I like that. I know. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, no, I'm grateful that I went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm grateful that I get to work from home in, in my pajamas and not put a bra on some days. <laughs> right. to leave that is house. a grateful thing. It <laughs> is. And all yeah. the ladies will understand. Mm-hmm. The guys might not. But yeah. you know what? It's like, oh go out and put a bra on yeah. <laughs> so true or you're like zoom mullet where you got your jammy pants on and then you're just yes like, yeah you're good from, <laughs> from this way, yeah, yeah from, from the waist up and, yeah and sometimes not even from the boobs up depending on yes. where, your, where your camera is yeah. so there's just there's always little things we can find to be grateful mm-hmm. for and when we intentionally begin to look it changes how we feel right yeah. and um okay so i asked most uh, people this as well what is the last best thing that you do every day before bed to, oh. to yeah, I know it's a hard, uh. and it might be, it might change and it, you know, there, but there, is there a common thing that, or that something that maybe you want to start doing? Hmm. I have been intentional going to bed, getting back into the practice of just journaling, being focused on what my day is. What do I want to create? How do I want to feel? Um, but for Travis and I, we always go to bed and often we give each other gratitude and a hug and a kiss and being present and always saying, I love you. So, right. Yeah. That's an important one. Yeah. Um, somebody else gave me the advice to have, it's almost like playing, instead of playing that never ending negative, you know, you're thinking about, oh, tomorrow I got to go do this. I, something happened bad at work today. Um, but just to transfer that around to all the things it could be. Right, and I've I've myself have been practicing, and instead of looking at what it, the negatives could be, look at what, oh wow, I could make this happen tomorrow, mm-hmm. or you know, and I've found that's really been helping. But yeah. sometimes we go to bed and ask each other what was the best part of your day. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're focused on what was the best thing, right. and then often I'll put on a meditation from YouTube and just go to sleep and just subliminally whatever it's taking my mind through mm-hmm. to just quiet but I can fall asleep instantaneously oh that's nice good. and I don't have those thoughts anymore but I used to all the time like they just never stopped and the best thing on my personal growth journey is I was able to quiet my mind oh. that all of that chatter is gone mm-hmm. so you mentioned Travis it's Travis yes Travis um, you you both are involved in some of does he help you out with your 
No, he coaches coaching? men. Oh, he does. Okay, yeah, so he it's... coaches men, okay. and I coach women, and mm-hmm. together we've done some relationship coaching, and we've also done some really amazing ancestral healing events with our friend Orist. Okay. So we get to co-facilitate together sometimes, so that's really cool. And, you know, the men kind of look up to him, but what he's also been able to do is really help the women that I work with. Mm-hmm. He's a really strong masculine man, but he's also very tender and kind and emotional, and so he'll come into my workshops at the end and he does a forgiveness process with them to help them heal the wounding that they have with the masculine and it's been really powerful so wow so you're with somebody that's like you couldn't imagine having yeah being with somebody <laughs> this is like you guys are just yeah we're the same same yeah. in all the things Isn't and when that... we first met our friends were like oh, did you just meet your twin and i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll share podcasts and and listen to and we have the very similar thoughts and beliefs on all the work that we do so it's Mm -hmm. really cool that we get to do that together right and so what is his um like to see from the men's the male perspective of things because you've mentioned too that you'll have workshops with men and women Mm -hmm. and is is there a lot more commonalities there than we realize you know what there is and as strong as we see men Mm -hmm. they feel not good enough too yes And it might be in a different way where ours is like, you know, we're more critical on our body or stuff like that. You know, they've got the pressure of being the provider, making enough money, always being strong, never, you know, being sad or being able to cry and having to hold it all together. And we don't really give them credit for how hard Mm -hmm. it must be for them to shoulder the burden of pretty much everything Mm -hmm. and do it in silence. Right. Right. At least we get together, we talk, we share, we talk it out. Mm -hmm. They keep it inside. Yeah. And if they try to share, they are called, you know, a pussy and weak and man up and grab the balls and all of those yeah. kind of things that they've been told generation after generation that creates this toxic masculinity. And we see that in, you know, the workplace. He, he's also a welder. Oh, okay. So he's also with, you know, blue collar men that, you know, don't cry and don't talk about your feelings. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to work on myself. And he's like, dude, do you read a book? And they're like, no, why would I read a book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he's a really good person to be in that environment because you can meet them where he's at, but Mm -hmm. you can also show them that there's, you can be a strong masculine man and be emotional and kind and in touch with your feelings and all of the things. And so a lot of men look up to him that way because he can show a really great balance between the two that you don't Mm -hmm. have to be like, you know, a bun doing yoga man out in, you know, nature. Yes. You can work on yourself. It's and a balance. Be. You can actually have balance. <laughs> you can be a manly man and be connected to yourself and right. work on yourself. So, Well, and I think, too, like a lot of men are just as confused as, I mean, with the whole women's movement and, and the things that have come. It's a struggle I know with my sons, and I've noticed this. So it's I always like to get that male perspective of things because they are sensitive they as are. well. And it's like, what is my role right now? And he's very sensitive. Yeah. He's very sensitive. And I have to be mindful of that sometimes because mm-hmm. sometimes he's just like rugged and loud and all the things yep. But he can get his feelings. He, you know, he's very sensitive and mm-hmm. takes things really personally. And they mean a lot to him because he's who he is in the world matters to him. Right. right. He's not just going through the world and doesn't give a crap about anybody. Mm-hmm. So he's very much in always trying to help people. Always. Somebody's broken down on the side of the road, Travis will always pull over and mm-hmm. offer to help and fix people and change tires and <laughs> all the things. Yeah. That's the kind of guy that he is. But 
it's really sad what's happening to the men and the masculinity and boys and mm-hmm. being like a straight white man right now is like the worst possible thing you could be. Yes. And so, you know, for your sons, I imagine that's really hard for them growing up is like, what is the message and why is it bad to be who I am? Yes, it is. It's a challenging time, I think, for everybody. It's just, uh, but yeah, it's it's good that these conversations are coming up though now, mm-hmm. more so for men. and. I know I've I've worked with in industries. I was a hairdresser for years. I worked with women, all women, and now I'm in a, more of a male-dominated industry. And um, I, I see it all. I see both sides on both. Like for men, I see the sensitive side, and for women, I think, wow, cutthroat, you know. And it's it's okay. I think we're all just we just have to start realizing we're all just people, and we you know we all have our own needs and and. Um, yeah but the support that's the thing women have had these supportive groups and right and i almost feel like this woman's movement Mm -hmm. yes we've been oppressed in a lot of ways but now it's like okay now we're going to get you back and now we're going to step on you so that we can be better and i totally disagree with that whole mindset Mm -hmm. that we need to both rise yeah because if all these women are rising and we know for sure the numbers are more women show up to our events than men and travis is like dudes you got to come out like come with your woman come with your partner don't let her go alone you need to grow together because our families are falling apart when Mm -hmm. these women start working on themselves and they get empowered and they start their businesses and their partner won't come with them they're like well I'm going with or without you. And we've had men, I've had women that say, you need to go talk to Travis or we're getting a divorce because this isn't working. And they're like, yeah, no thanks, I'm out. I'd mm-hmm. rather get a divorce than get a coach. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just that in, ingrained generational mindset right. around men. Mm-hmm. And so we're beginning to shift this, but I think making women better than, than men is not the answer. That's not the answer, no. no. And um, I think it, I was talking about this with somebody. It's like a pendulum, you know. Oh, yeah. We went from from one complete direction or, you know, the men were here and women were oppressed or suppressed for so long, yeah. I don't, you know, and now it's gone totally the opposite way. Yeah. We have to kind some, find a balance. common ground again. <laughs> yeah. It's all balanced. And when you come down to it, everything's balanced. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, you know, knowing that the law of, of nature and gravity and everything, that everything will go from one extreme to the other before it needs before to it find settle. But when you're in those extremes, it's really hard. It's so difficult. You have to be, you know, the light worker and the voice and the the advocate for that. Mm-hmm. That you know, when we're here, we believe in you. Travis is having an event again, his second one for International Men's Day. And okay. The guys are like, "What? We have a day? Yay!" <laughs> I, they didn't even know. And then we yeah. talked to one of the coaches, one of the men's coaches. He's like, "I don't even know when that is." And it's November nineteenth. This is November. When is it? Okay, November. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. November. Yeah. So creating more of an experience for them where they can gather in community and be celebrated just as much as International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. We need to so celebrate the men and the fathers. Without them, we wouldn't survive. They're no. physically stronger than us and we need them to do the things that they do. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that they're better or anything. We just have different roles. Mm-hmm. And it's not about gender or stereotypes or you do this and I can't do that. But when we're in that flow and that harmony, kind of like the yin and the yang, mm-hmm. right? There's fluidity. Yes. And so knowing how that works together and that was something I had to learn in relationship as being a single mom and maybe you figured that we're always in our masculine. We are. We're the mom, the dad, we're the doers of everything. Yeah. And then when you have a partner who wants to do and you're like, no, no, I don't need you. I got this. Mm-hmm. They're like, then why am I even here? 
Yes. And I had to soften and allow him to do those things and care for me in a way that no one had ever showed me before. Right. And to find that fluidity and that balance for us of being in the masculine and the feminine. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Because I was going to ask you about that with your with your husband is how did you, when you weren't used to that kind of personality, so did you find you wanted to push that away at first or did you just welcome it in because you were at that point already where you oh no I loved it yeah okay like bring me more (laughs) bring me more I like this that's good and when we first met he said you know I want to honor you Mm -hmm. I want to honor you and I want you to be my queen right and I'm going to treat you like that and Mm -hmm. I was just like mind blown yeah because I had been with you know men that were abusive physically mentally emotionally and so it was a foreign concept, but I was, I had done enough of my own work that I was able to receive. And when I was struggling to do that, I was aware enough mm-hmm. that I needed to just soften and open and allow. Yes. And when I could do that, he could be in his masculine and, and really rise and shine to be who he needs to be. But if I take that away from him, then he kind of loses his purpose in the relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's where the disharmony comes from. And, um, so that's and that's from me following you on Facebook and Instagram and all those things I've noticed the it is noticed the connection that you and him have and it kind of it's it's um just a nice thing to see Mm -hmm. and we're not without our issues oh no and that's the thing everybody does Yeah. yeah and you know when you decide to do this work it will bring up all of your stuff so mm-hmm. his childhood trauma, my childhood traumas, my triggers trigger him. And so we've really had to dig deep and learn how to heal. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, if we were with somebody that you just got along with all the time, you'd never get the chance to see where it needs to be healed. Oh, here's where I'm still holding on to that. Or here's where I've got a negative belief that I need to let go of. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely each other's spiritual teachers. Right. And we know that as hard as it is some days, those lessons are here for a reason. And if we don't heal it within ourselves... We'll just go to another relationship and repeat the same patterns. And right. that's what people think. I'll just move on to somebody else and it'll be good and it'll be good for a time. Mm-hmm. But then the same patterns and the same behavior show up until you get to do your own work. Mm-hmm. And so he's always 100% committed to, I will look at whatever I need to look at. I'll do whatever I need to do. I'll take the course. I'll get the coach. I'll do whatever. Yeah. So we're 100% committed in the midst of sometimes it's not easy, but it's yeah. always worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's not meant to be easy. I don't think life was meant to be easy, and there's a reason for that. Right, and we would all all think that. In a minute, it's not easy. And we took a course together, and it was really profound. And he's like, a relationship is not for your happiness. It's Mm -hmm. for your growth. Ah, And we were like, whoa, crap. (laughs) I kind of thought you were here for my happiness. (laughs) I need to rethink that. I like that, though. I'm not here for your... A relationship is not for your happiness. For your happiness is for your growth. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Pretty deep. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of that, so Tony Robbins, how was that? To meet, did you actually meet him? Meet him? I did. Okay. Many times. Wow. So the time that I went down to uh, start my business, I didn't meet him that time. And then one year later, I was crewing his event. Oh. And I got to go back as a crew member. And after all the crew get to go meet him. So I was able to tell him that I actually worked for his franchise office when I was 20, 21, 20, oh. no, about 22. 
And so I was like, hey, I used to work at your office in Edmonton. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And my boss is Leapy and Darren. He's still friends with them. He still, they really? still see each other every time he comes to town. So we had a little conversation. And I said, here's what you said. And here's what I did. And I started my business. And those people over there, those are my clients. And I brought them with me. And he was just like, whoa, totally yeah, full circle. Yeah. Um, experience and it was super cool the coolest part of that story though which you might not know was he, he could come back again in um, Edmonton after that and so I was crewing the VIP section I wonder if that was the same time and Travis was there before we had actually met oh. and so we knew we were at the same event together mm -hmm. so we had been talking about it a couple times I was crewing VIP he was sitting in the VIP and we always wondered if our paths crossed right so after we had met on a blind date from my girlfriend, Roz, who was actually at Tony Robbins, saw both of us, mm -hmm. but we didn't meet. Six months later, we're getting engaged, and this Facebook memory pops up on his phone as we're about to tell the world we're getting engaged. Right. And he looks at this, and he hits play. It's a video with a blue screen. Mm -hmm. And he pans 4,000 people, and at the end of his video, I'm standing right beside him. <gasps> no way. And I met him Ooh, six months chills. after that. I know, everyone's like, what? Oh, wow. so he's like, babe, did I know you a year ago? I was like, no, I met you six months ago. He's like, well, look at this. That is crazy, hey? It was so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that we met, but we didn't even know. But I wonder if, yeah, like you wonder, don't you always, you look back and think, huh, what was I thinking at that moment? And what, or, yeah. you know? Because I was just doing my crewing thing, so I don't even know if I noticed him. But mm -hmm. a couple years later, we were talking on the anniversary of the video came up. And I was like, who did you go with and where were you sitting? He's like, I don't remember. The only thing I remember is it was really cold in the room. And I gave my gloves to one of the crew members because she was cold. <gasps> And I was like, oh my God, that was me. You got his gloves. Yeah. Oh, weird. And I didn't That's know. not weird. Is it? <laughs> That's crazy. See? The synchronicities oh, wow. and all of that, that it was just lining yeah. up. Mm -hmm. And just, it was such a confirmation at that time of like, you're on the right path. This was all divinely orchestrated. Right. And you're right where you meant to be. So right. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. It all yeah. kind of came together. Yes. Yeah, kind of a neat story. Wow. That is a very neat story. I like that. <laughs> I love this story. It's pretty good. <laughs> Well, this has been a real pleasure, and I mean, there's so much more I could ask you. And um, is there something though that you would like to leave people with, like a message of, I guess, hope or just even um, how to get a hold of you or what could be their next step? If it's mm -hmm. just one small thing, yeah, to just believe in a moment everything can change. Mm -hmm. So on the days that it feels dark and hard and heavy, like it's never going to change, in a moment, you never know when you're standing beside your soulmate. You never know when you're going to land that job of your dreams. You never know when somebody's going to say something that changes the entire trajectory of your life. Mm -hmm. So to just never give up hope, to just believe that it's always divinely orchestrated and you just have to look for the signs. Oh, that's that's perfect. <laughs> and how they can find me. Yes. So my website's souljourney.co. Okay. And on Facebook, I'm under Michelle Bateman. And I don't often use my Soul Journey page because Facebook doesn't show it as much as my personal page. So you can just follow me on, on my personal page on Facebook. And then on Instagram, um, it's under Soul Journey Transformations. Okay, perfect. And yeah, reach out, ask a question. I offer free um, confidence calls to just kind of see where you're at, give mm -hmm. you a couple tools and see if we're fit to work together or if there's, you know, any other offerings or any other coaches that I know that would be a fit to support. So there's always that opportunity to have a free conversation. Okay, perfect. And do you have any kind of um, women, um, entrepreneur groups that get together? Do you have that 
Yeah, I have my Soulful Impact Business Academy. Okay. So I run that a few times a year. We're just wrapping up this one group. Our next group is starting in November. Okay. So if you are a heart-led, soulful entrepreneur and you either have a business um, that's you know not really creating the results that you want or you're just starting out and you want to create that foundation of like, what is my business? Who am I serving? How am I going to help them? What is my brand? How do I get it out there so that I can create that impact mm -hmm. and have that income to support yourself and, and be able to do the things that you want to do the most and create a life and a business you love? Yeah. Then reach out and we can chat and see if it's a fit. Okay. Yeah. This has been awesome. This is fun. I really am very thankful that you were willing to come and share and and yes, I'm very grateful for oh, you. Thank you. I'm grateful for you. And this <laughs> yes. is my first podcast in person. In person. Oh, I, it is. Yeah, oh, wow. I've never done oh, that's face exciting. to face. So it's really cool. Yes, it's fun. It's fun. I love doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's so. way better face to face. It so is. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Well, thank you.